One of the problems with designing a Sunday school class series the way I have is there's a lot of unknowns that go into trying to run a class uh, that's more, uh, what's this, more interactive, more interactive than just lecture. I could plan, here's what I'm going to do for 45 minutes, amen, and move on to worship. Of course, everything I know, I take about five minutes. Uh, yeah, and even that would be stuff you already know. So uh, we will see where today goes. I have plans. And let's see if my plans play out. Before we open in prayer, uh, just to get our heads going in the direction that I would like to see our heads go, um, we'll start out interactively right off the bat. This is Psalm 119, verse 32. If any of you have this memorized, don't say anything, all right? The psalmist says, I will run in the way of your commandments when... What? I'll run in the way of your commandments when... Any, any thoughts on what, what it says? Don't... Are you looking it up? Pastor, are you texting or are you looking it up? Take a note, Nobody wants to venture a guess. I will run in the way of your commandments when you... What? No ideas. No, no ideas at all? I, okay, fine. I'll tell you what I thought. Yes. Are you looking it up, Pat? You're not supposed to look it up. This is supposed to be from your head. Don't look it up, Pat. What, what do you think? I think... What I came, what I, I was looking for this verse the other day, and the ending surprised me because it wasn't what I was expecting. What I was expecting is, I will run in the way of your commandments when you increase my understanding. But it ain't what it says. Pat, what does it say? It says, when you enlarge my heart. When you enlarge my heart. Um, Spurgeon in talking about not this passage necessarily but in just talking about Psalm 119 by the way anybody here familiar with the treasury of David Charles Spurgeon that's really worth having it's it's, Barb and I have started reading through all of his notes on Psalm 119 and uh, what a blessing um Anyway, he talks about how God speaks from heart to heart, not to our intellectual pursuits, but from his heart to our heart. And that was what he is after in a relationship with us is our hearts with his heart. Okay? And I, that's what the verse says. um, I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Okay? So let's open in prayer. Father, this morning I simply ask that you would enlarge our hearts, that we might run in the way of your commandments. In Christ's name and for his glory. Amen. All right. I don't know what it reads in the Hebrew, but I use the Hebrew James, and it says, 
before you have enlarged my heart. Not when. When. For. That's a, it's like the acceptance of a promise, isn't it? Yes. Trusting. Okay. Got some handouts for you this morning. Um, uh, yeah, okay. What, I, what he's passing around is the bibliography of what I have. Uh, you know what? You can do these at the same time. I'll do it, Tim. Don't worry. You would do, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Last week, we talked about how we can be better listeners. And next, next week, I want us to spend time talking about how we can be better readers. But I want to interject something here today uh, that hopefully will kind of serve as like a foundation for how we are to become better listeners and better uh, readers of Scripture um, I realize there's a danger in doing what I am doing. I may have mentioned this before. Sometimes God starts working on something, and I'll just make it personal. God starts working on something in my heart, and without really thinking, my response is, God is really working on this in my heart. He needs to be working on it in yours, too. And maybe God isn't working in your heart the same way he's working in mine. Or he's working on different things. Okay? So, regardless of how you feel about that, I think that what we are, what, I wanted, what I'm wanting to share with you is, is foundational, fundamental. One of the things I had said last week at the end was, come prepared to make a sentence using the word filial. And I don't know if anybody happened to look up the word filial or not. But uh, we will get to that real quickly here. What I'm sharing with you is a bibliography. This started for me uh, about a year ago, just before uh, my trip to the hospital. And it's been, and I've been reading and working through this now for just about a year. And uh, the. The bibliography that I have, you know what? Let's go ahead and do these. Um, I have all of the, not, not those. Okay. Um, I have all of that bibliography. Uh, and if anybody wants to borrow or look at some of that literature, you're, I will certainly be very happy to share it with you. <clears throat> okay. The uh, document that you have there, sons and the servant, comes from, some of them say it at the top and some don't, from uh, Webb's book, The Reformed Doctrine of Adoption. Published 1947, I think is when it was. But he makes five or six points in here about the difference between the son and the servant. And I thought it was a very interesting uh, comparison. I had started underlining 
some things that, that were significant to me, and then I stopped and thought, you know what, I'll just share this with the class, and you guys can read it at your leisure. Uh, again, coming from my own experience, um, I think I grew up thinking that it was easier to respond to God as a judge than as a father. Uh, in other words, as a, a servant or someone who was responding to the law rather than as a son. And uh, been working through that. And the significance of this chapter, it was very clear to me, the difference between son and servant. Are we called to serve? Yes. When my children, I didn't have children so that I would have servants. There was more to our relationship than, than that. Yeah. Now, you, you grew, up, grew up on a dairy. Yeah, so you need kids. <laughs> Somebody's got to do the milking. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but in a healthy relationship, there were times when I would say, Dad, what, I, what can I do to help? Out of love. <laughs> Sometimes it was, Dad, what can I do to help? Because I want to borrow the car later. Yeah, so there's, there can be ulterior motives. But bottom line, in a healthy relationship, there is a serving of the Father out of love. And that, you know, again, coming back to God's heart to our heart, our responding to God uh, as Father out of love. And I think you'll, I think you'll find this article on son and, and servant rewarding. All right. Now, you have... Uh, the key quotes, those come from not all of the articles, but several of the articles that I, uh, books and articles that I have shared with you, rather than try to convince you of the stuff that I have been through, I thought I'll just take some key quotes from some of these authors and let you guys interact with them. And now we need notebooks for the, for the scribes. If they need pencils. Any scribe need a pencil? Need a pencil? Okay. You're not a scribe. Some of you weren't. Some of you weren't here last week. I, I'm sorry. Thanks for joining us today. You guys know Brian. Is that why you're, or you just happen to be here, coincidentally with Brian's? Coincidentally, well, welcome. And I, I'll ignore you now rather than put you on the spot. It's nice to have you here. <laughs> welcome. Jim, we might need a couple or one more group. One more group. Okay, that's fine. <clears throat> <clears throat> For those of you who weren't here last week, we've got scribes with notepads, and we are trying to spend some time talking and interacting together. Okay? So, you can't be a group of one. That, that, so, you'll, were you here last week? You weren't here last week. Okay. So, you, I, you can move up here. Or where were you? You were on vacation? Oh, you weren't. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. You weren't here last week either? Okay. So 
you need to look around and pick a group of people to join yourself to for a discussion group. <laughs> okay. Okay, you guys got your groups? What? Have I told you what to do yet? Okay. Tell us what we're doing. I'm going to. Okay. Before I tell you what to do, I want to share something with you. One of the books, uh, Sons in the Sun, a fairly in-depth book, but very readable <clears throat> in parts. He writes this in his introduction, the last paragraph to his introduction. Okay, This is leading up to what I want you to do with those quotes. As I reflect on scripture concerning the doctrine of adoption, I pray that this writing treats the name of God, his titles, his attributes, and his word in a holy and reverent fashion with the filial fidelity incumbent on one adopted in Jesus Christ. To that doxological end, I, an adopted son in the Son, turn to an examination of adoption in Paul and his theology. Okay? I pray that this writing treats the name of God, his titles, his attributes and his word in a holy and reverent uh, fashion with a filial fidelity incumbent on one adopted in Christ Jesus. Now, I'll read you. Here's a working definition, for a, a dictionary definition. Filial, of or due from a son or daughter. That which is due from a son or a daughter. Okay? Now, the dictionary also shared some synonyms, which, okay, synonyms, dutiful, devoted, loyal, faithful, compliant, respectful, dedicated, affectionate, and loving. Now, I wouldn't have called those synonyms. I would say, I would have said that those are characteristics that define what filial means. But this is, what he is saying is, in my exploring scripture, my prayer is that I will approach this as a dutiful and a loving and understanding, not understanding, uh, compliant, respectful child. Okay? This is, this is what I bring to the study of God's word. Right? My, it's not an attitude, I think, as much as uh, an understanding. And, and that's where I hope we go with this, that we whether we're reading scripture or listening to it or interacting with it on the way that we are learning to do it 
with this filial response. We've been adopted. Okay? We've been adopted. <laughs> Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. There's a division between, a separation between us and God. We have turned everyone to his own way. And I think that there's also in that a, a thought of, of individualization in life. We have turned everyone to his own way. Okay? And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's just, just an amazing passage of scripture, almost a summary of, of what we have. But that gone astray, turned everyone to his own way. There's a, a, a massive separation of ourselves from not just God, but from each other. And what God does in his love is bring, is bring us back. Now, so you know, I share that with you. We'll talk about this definition and um, his desire to respond as a, with filial fidelity after a bit. But that's what I want you to kind of have in the back of your minds now as you look at these quotes. What I want you to do with those quotes is read them among yourselves. Read them together. Read them out loud. Okay? And just kind of scan through them and maybe somebody will say, you know what? That one by Calvin that comes from book two, or, you know, yeah, book two, section two, whatever. Can we focus on that one more? Or... Uh, um, you know, Packer's thing on, the, on, on God as judge and also God as father. Can we talk about that one a little more? So read these quotes, interact about them. Maybe, one of, maybe somebody will say, I really like this one. Uh, I have a struggle with what he's saying here. And then we'll share, again, like we did last week, collectively with everybody. Okay. Sean? That's okay. Good. There's quotes on the back, too. It's a, I, uh, being technically, uh, yeah, savvy, I was able to print on both sides. <laughs> Usually it's upside down, but... <laughs> Interesting group. Well, it looks like a group of individuals. Nobody's. <laughs> okay. Then I'll be quiet. <laughs> oh, and there's no more. to uh, focus back up here again. 
class. What? Hello? All right. Well, it sounded like back there anyway, things started getting interesting, and maybe we should do this for another hour. Did you have a good sermon planned today, or... Okay, let's just continue. <laughs> oh, it's Brian's day? Oh. You want to just keep going here? I, or, do you have a good sermon planned? Or? Oh, okay, well, let's, let's wrap this up. Okay, uh, uh, Pastor Branch, we, we just start over here with you guys. Some significant thoughts that came out of this for you guys? Oh, the scribe? Going first is hard. Um, you want to go last? It will help. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll try to synopsize something. Synopsize. I, I, I like that word. and that relationship difference between that it's more of a, a, on the part of the adoptee, adopted person, it's, a, it's motivated, your, your obedience is motivated by a love rather than a or else kind of um, feeling, or it should be, fearing of, you know, your fear of your sin getting in the way that it's it, that that's you know mitigated because of your relationship is not was there one quote employer or a sure was there one quote in particular that drew that out necessarily probably something from Calvary <laughs> I'm not sure the second quote by Calvary three nineteen was Oh, okay. And that the expectation of a child is 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 different because of that. The expectation you have of that how the relationship is going to go. I'll move on. Um, no, before you, before you go on, one of the things that caught me in that quote is usually we don't think of Calvin as writing this way. That there's a heart of a father here that he gets it. You know, even if they had not succeeded in doing quite what they wanted, they are confident that the obedience and readiness of mind will be accepted. Uh, we need this assurance in no small measure from from God. Anyway, go ahead. Then there was some things expressed that the motivation of the child, uh, the motivation of God toward us, the realization that that's, even if it appears to be authoritarian, is more selfless and pure and for the good of the recipient rather than the way we look at it in our human relationships. I don't know where they got that from. I mean, I <laughs> And then, um, uh, it's, it's often sort of a mind shift for us coming out of relationships before coming into this new relationship. And having that change of mind, because it's 
different from our human relationships that we come from. And then um, the, the other thing that was expressed was that uh, adoption is voluntary. It's a, it, there's a voluntary element to that rather than a natural work where you're obligated to show these feelings. Or this is a, this is a, so there's a dual kind of thing. It's voluntarily you've chosen to, God has chosen to be our our fathers rather than in a natural way. It's obligatory. But that, that lends a different element to that. that it's not just something he's doing out of obligation to us, but, but that he's done it. He's chosen us. That was, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> They want to, but they want to paraphrase that a little differently, or just that the, the Packer quote that that adoption is the apex of grace is that there's this there's this uh, that was Murray, but I'm sorry, that was Murray. I'm sorry, apex of grace and privilege. Yes, Murray's other. I think he sometimes went by Packer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That, that not only does he treat us as children, but he he willingly takes yeah. on that obligation and that relationship to be a father to us. Yeah. Okay. And that's just similar to what Paul says in Ephesians one that he's predestined us for adoption to the praise of his glory. Yes. Yeah. For the praise of his glory. I mean, it's it's for, to the grace. Yes. It's not about us. <laughs> Uh, Charlie. Um, <clears throat> so, a few things. That We've got four minutes. Four minutes. I don't know if I have enough, but that's not time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I have three points. So let's see if um, just a few things that we, I guess, honed in on, um, specifically from the end, the, the summarization adoption through propitiation, what that means. Um, we talked about the appeasement of a father's anger and not just the strict judge relationship. Um, we sort of discussed as well what it means for that adoption, for that propitiation to be a restoration of an original relationship. We were made to be children of God. Adam is called the son of God. That was marred and defaced through sin. And so the God man for Christ is, is restoring something that was actually intended from the beginning. Children has always been his plan. Children has always was, was the original structure for us, the original relationship. Um, we talked about judgment, the, the contrast between judge and father, and that judgment is in one sense done away with on Christ, but in another sense, the, the Father of judgment and discipline, like as, as spoken of in, in Hebrews 12, um, that's in what the Proverbs talk about, about um, not sparing the rod, um, parents who hate their children don't discipline them, that, that sort of idea. Um, and then we also talked about not being careful not to apply our modern ideas or expressions of adoption back on the scriptural doctrine, because nowadays, especially in the American context, there's a lot of 
restrictions and state involvement in what we see as adoption at first, or maybe fostering or, or the path is, is, is sort of partial. It's a partial relationship. The child isn't fully integrated. Whereas in the biblical doctrine of adoption, what is same for the natural born child is true for the alien child that is now in the home. They receive the name, they receive the same laws, they receive, they receive the same inheritance, blessings, all of it. They are fully grafted in, not partially grafted in. And the natural child is not to look at the alien child with, with some sort of strange or stink eye. Um, they are to be completely one, one body, one man, so to speak. Okay. Sean? With the Holy God and with others? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We step out of one life, out of one alien family into a new family where I've got a new father. And guess what? I look around and you guys are my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And... I need to be taught <laughs> how to get along with you. The reason I laugh is Barbara and I were talking about this in First John. John says, keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And I said, why do we, why do we what, which, bur- which, which commandments would we think of as burdensome? And Barb's response was, I don't know, getting along with you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, but <laughs> you, you understand what I mean. What you got, John? Um, let's see, our group covered pretty much, we had comments that were very similar to uh, Calvin and even Howard. Griffith. I think probably the one thing that maybe hasn't been mentioned is J.I. Packer, the uh, last one there. We talked about the difference between um, why he would say, um, speaking of family, and the idea of adoption and filial love, why would love be so important? Because he said love is the most important uh, concept in God as Father. And we came up, uh, we were discussing First Corinthians. The greatest of these is love. So we, we conceive of God as a judge. He is a judge. We conceive of him as a judge because he expresses to us that he is a judge. He's and not your judge. He's your father. He's, he's, not only he's father, still the judge. But he is still the judge. But <laughs> yeah. in, in contrasting the um, attribute of justice, um, we come up with what is filial, and we're talking about the love thing. And, and why, why would love be greater than justice, uh, in a sense, uh, would be that God conceives of love as the greatest attribute. For us to express love to one another, why, why then would it, why would um, we feel like um, that's important in our relationship with God? It's because God says that love is the greatest, and He shows this through adoption. Through adoption, yes. yes. Uh, we discussed that that also began in Genesis. We have a father, and we have two children. 
we have Adam, and we have Eve. He comes in judgment, and he disciplines in judgment. But before he does that, there's blood that's shed, that prefigures blood that's going to be shed. Yes, yes. And as a father, he still disciplines his children. They still receive judgment. They also receive, they also receive the great grace of love. Father giving of himself. And in that, there was comfort for them. They had a future hope. Um, yeah. I think that's what J.I. Packard was talking about here, or we discussed that uh, he's talking about here when he says, God takes us into his family and fellowship. He establishes us as his children and heirs. Closeness, affection, and generosity are at the heart of the relationship. Love. Be cared for by God the Father. Yeah. There, you know what? This is all of Scripture, <laughs> and there's a lot to talk about here. What I what I hope you can take from it, and keep talking about it among yourselves, with each other, is that when I come to Scripture, this filial fidelity is the continually reminding myself that the testimonies of God are revealing to me who God is, and. The deeper I go into this relationship, uh, again, this is something Barb and I were talking about. Psalm 119, this class on what does it mean to be in the Word, it could have been a class on Psalm 119. <laughs> that, that would work very well. But suddenly, Psalm 119, this I run to, I want to, I desire uh, these thoughts that can seem alien when God is judge and I am always failing, failing. With God as my Father, I can come to these passages of Scripture knowing that I'm going to fail, but my Father is forgiving and the Holy Spirit, who is a spirit of adoption, guides me into an ever deeper relationship. That's sanctification, becoming more Christ-like. Well, guess what? That's becoming more like my older brother, developing a deeper relationship with God as my Father. So, Okay, uh, would you like to close in prayer? You want this? Let's pray together. <clears throat> God, our Father, we are so thankful that uh, you have adopted us and uh, that you've given us all the privileges of being your child, not just, uh, yeah, just the full privileges of being your sons and daughters. Help us as we uh, comprehend that and think about that to worship you well and to love each other, <clears throat> excuse me, love each other and encourage each other um, in the days and weeks ahead. Uh, may we always serve you well, not out of a sense of duty, but out of a sense of love. In Jesus' name, amen.